Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to our Bible study. Uh, we're be starting a new stud study tonight. It's going to be a Lenten focus, a Lenten study, and we'll cover certain themes during Lent. We'll go into the definition of what Lent is, um, but just in summary, the focus of the period of Lent is on repentance, renewal, reflection, and rejoicing. So that's kind of, you'll hear those themes come out in the various studies that we'll have. We will be looking at uh, various scriptures throughout, and we'll give a little bit more detail in just a moment. Um, BT, if you would open us up in prayer. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come again for a um, faithful group of um, studiers and believers for Bible study, we thank you, God, for um, Reverend Darlington um, and what you've um, downloaded into him, praying, God, that you would bless him as he goes through this lesson. We thank you, God, for um, his commitment and his um, study and all the knowledge that he's learned and gained and how he can apply that to our lives scripturally and spiritually. Um, to guide us and help direct us and to shine light on our past in this present world. We thank you for all those who have uh, participated in this uh, study tonight. Thank you, thank you for those who have desired to and maybe are busy. So Lord, help us to uh, be able to promote this and put this in places where people can come back and look at it later um, for those who are not able to meet it at a designated time. We thank you, God, for your blessings on our lives. And we ask God that you continue to keep us and, and protect us and bless us as we go through this COVID season and um, as we continue to gather for fellowship and for study. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. So as I mentioned in the beginning, we are going to be getting our study on Lent. And um, I'm assuming that many of you already have a background uh, on what Lent is, but let me just put it out there, maybe if uh, one or two of you, if you want to share what your understanding of Lent is, because we'll, uh, it'll probably hit on some of these things we'll talk about, um, but kind of open it up, open the floor up, so to speak, uh, if anybody wants to chime in. What is Lent? What is your understanding of Lent? Um, I understand it to be the 40 days starting with Ash Wednesday, leading up in preparation for Resurrection Day. Okay. Anybody else have anything to add? So I think that pretty much uh, summarizes what Lent or the period of Lent is. And um, you probably can't tell the color from my shirt, but it is kind of a light purple. So those of you who are familiar with um, the Lent season, um, if, if we were back in uh, sanctuaries, you would see many of the sanctuaries, those that observe Lent, they will have the, the, the altar, pulpit, and various parts decorated in purple, and purple being a color that's really to symbolize repentance, kind of a somber um, color. And so that reflects the period of Lent. So for, it's a 40-day period that represents Christ's time 
of temptation in the wilderness. And so that's why we'll look at uh, Luke chapter four in just a moment. And during that period, as you may recall, it's where he fasted and where Satan tempted him. Lent asked believers um, to set aside a time each year for fasting, uh, marking an, a, kind of a, a special dedication to focus on the life of Christ, his ministry, sacrifice, and as was indicated earlier, preparing us for the resurrection. Now, mm -hmm. some will say, well, that should be our life every day where we're focused on the cross. And that is indeed true. But this is a special period, just like we have and we observe the season of Advent, where we are anticipating the coming of the Lord at Advent. That kind of focuses us a focus and a direction. And same, similarly, uh, Lent gives us the same kind of focus. Uh, the beginning of of Lent, as was mentioned as well, is that it starts on Ash Wednesday, which is today. So February 17th this year is Ash Wednesday, and it's the 40-day period that goes to Easter. Um, <clears throat> so if you do the math, if you go from Ash Wednesday to Easter, you will find out it's not um, exactly 40 days, and that is because the Sundays are not counted in that 40 days um, because Sundays is a day of celebration of the resurrection of Christ. And so that is not included in that 40 day count. Um, and when I say that's that 40 day period, others, um, so it's, it's celebrated among many Christian churches and probably more so people are familiar with the, with the Roman Catholic church observance of Lent but it goes beyond the Roman Catholic Church, uh, Orthodox churches, many uh, Protestant denominations uh, observe Lent because again, it's an opportunity to refocus again on the life of Christ. So you can think about it almost like a revival season. It's a, a time to be reborn, to refocus, to get re-energized as we focus our eyes on the cross. Uh, we ended our study last week reading from Hebrews uh, chapter 12, the first couple of, of verses, and that talks about looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So again, that captures what Lent is all about. Um, so that's the first part. Secondly, there are what's called three disciplines of Lent, three main disciplines of Lent. And they are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So the three disciplines of Lent are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, I'm going through this in, in this manner. Don't worry, there will not be a quiz or a test at the end of this series, um, but just so that you kind of have a, a good broad understanding of, of what the whole focus of Lent is all about. Uh, we will talk about each of those um, in, some, in some form or fashion. Um, I'll start off by saying I will not really go into details on, uh, in terms of prayer. Uh, what I will do is focus your attention to um, the sermon series that uh, Dr. Ballard has been preaching or had been preaching on prayer. I think he has either two or three 
that he's already recorded. So rather than repeat the good teaching that we've already had on prayer or continue to have on prayer, I'll just kind of use that as my reference point so that anytime if you want to delve more into that, the discipline of prayer, that's a good starting point. Secondly, not only prayer, again, fasting. Uh, we'll talk about that more on next week because there's a lot that we can learn about the discipline of fasting, what it is and what it is, what it is not. And then the third discipline is almsgiving, and that'll be in a couple of weeks. What, it, what does it mean to be, or what does almsgiving mean, and what is it all about? So that'll be kind of the um, kind of the, the approach that we'll take about what Lent is. So let's start with uh, today, which is Ash Wednesday. Um, maybe some of you uh, have a background in uh, Catholicism or Roman Catholicism, so you may be more familiar with it because normally you would see on Ash Wednesday, um, many of the Catholic believers, again, not only Catholic, um, but many Episcopalians and Lutherans as well, um, they would have the sign of the cross and ashes put on their forehead. And that is again to um, give a symbol that they are um, penitent and they're focusing on Jesus, remembering his suffering, remembering his crucifixion. Um, and so that for us um, as believers, our focus should be on the cross and all that he has done for us. And so sometimes we say it like this, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. And, and when we say it, that's kind of in a rejoicing tone, but also all he's done is also to focus on his suffering that he paid uh, the penalty for our sins and that we were deserving of death but thanks be to God through the victory of the cross. And so it's kind of a, again, both a time of repentance, renewal, and a shift of focus on, on the cross of Christ and what he has done for us. Um, yesterday uh, was Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, Mardi Gras. That's kind of the period right before Ash Wednesday. Um, that's a kind of, I, I guess it's a time of getting, getting, sowing your wild oats or whatever, getting things out because you know that this is your time uh, to focus. And so that's kind of the, the lead up. So Ash Wednesday begins the time of dedicated time of starting the acts of repentance, seeking after the Lord and taking the journey of Christ towards the cross. Um, in one sense, you can say it's really a call to the discipleship. And that's one of the things we'll talk about later. Um, but if anyone would come after him, he must do what? First, deny himself deny. or herself, yeah. take up his cool. cross and follow, and follow him. So that's part of what, again, Ash Wednesday and this Lenten season is all about. So that mm -hmm. begins with Ash Wednesday today. And the next kind of big event would be Palm Sunday and Holy Week. So Holy Week is that last week starting with Palm Sunday. Uh, this year, it will be on the 31st. Yes, 31st of March will be Palm Sunday. Um, and so it's really focusing on Christ's triumphal entry 
but also leading up all the way to Good Friday and the waiting for the resurrection on Easter Sunday, which concludes the 40-day period. So I've kind of covered the nuts and bolts of what led to the 28th of March. 28th of March. Uh, Palm Sunday. Yes. Let me. Oh, right. Okay. The Wednesday is the, yes, you're correct. Um, 28th of March is uh, Palm Sunday. Thanks for that correction. And then Easter will be the very next Sunday. So uh, let's go to Luke chapter four. Um, before I go into the scripture, uh, anybody have any questions before we move forward? Because I kind of gave the nuts and bolts aspect so that we all have a starting point. And as I mentioned in the beginning, it commemorates Christ's 40 days in the wilderness. And that's the passage that we'll look at. But does anybody have any questions before or comments before we move forward? Okay, we're all on one accord. So let's look at uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And I'm going to go ahead and read those, those scriptures. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Amen mm. for his holy word. So we're going to look at that passage and I'll just tell you um, just for our, our time frame we will not look at each uh, temptation in, in detail but I wanted us to draw uh, our attention there because it will help us get into the mindset uh, again of what uh, Lent is all about so we'll pull up some thoughts that will highlight the Lenten season and remember it's a time the season time of renewal reflection repentance and rejoicing. So from Acts, I'm not Acts, sorry, Luke's chapter four, we read uh, the temptation. It's also found recorded in Matthew's gospel at, as well. So what's one of the first things that come, that 
that strikes you from the very first verse from Luke chapter four? What's the first thing that strikes you um, as we read that first verse of Luke chapter four? Jesus was filled with the spirit. Say that again. He was filled, Jesus was with the Holy Spirit. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. So right after, remember right at the baptism, um, the Spirit of God descended on Jesus as a dove symbolizing the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so that's one way that we can immediately see, um, kind of have a, uh, an idea of the fullness of the Trinity right there at the baptism of, of Jesus. And so it says that um, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness. So the first thing I want to just outline or highlight, it's time to, it's a time for us during this Lenten season to submit again to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Normally, when we talk about Lent, um, again, it's a time of repentance. Usually we talk about the Holy Spirit later during the season of Pentecost. But even here, uh, we're finding from the very beginning that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. So first, I want us to mention, to realize that during this um, season, is a reminder that God is in control. Because who led Jesus into the wilderness? The devil. I'll say it again. Devil. I'll say it again. Who led Jesus into the wilderness? The Holy Spirit. I'll say it one more time, making sure that we're on one accord, because I want us to go right to the word of God. Yeah, okay. the Holy that's why I put it right okay. there, because sometimes we feel that when we are going through a hard time or a difficulty or a struggle that uh, that either the Lord has abandoned us or maybe we're not going the right direction. But that may not always be the case. So okay. being led by the spirit does not mean that we're going to have a perfect life or that we'll be without challenges, but that being led by the Spirit, we can even be led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And once we're in the wilderness, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have to remember that God is still in control, for it was the Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. And so from, from that standpoint, you may be going through what some would call a wilderness experience, but that does not mean that uh, you are not being led by the Spirit. So continue to trust God in the midst of your uh, wilderness, your experience, your mm. difficulty, your hard time, because one, God is in control. So that's the first thing. Second, we already hinted at it, and that is that the Spirit will lead us. Um, we often use that expression um, that we want to be led by the Spirit. 
And so let's take a few moments to um, just talk about what does that mean to be led by the spirit? Because um, there's a lot of people that will say, I felt led by the spirit. Uh, but what is your understanding of, of what that means? And I'll, I'll just start by saying um, that Jesus in the Gospel of John says that he will send the comforter of the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you into all truth. Um, so that's part of what it means uh, to be led by the Spirit. But let's have a discussion of what, it, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Well, does it mean that we become very emotional and responsive to what we feel? Um, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? <clears throat> could it mean testing of faith? Okay, testing could it mean testing of our faith. What yeah. else? I mean, we're connected to we're connected to the Trinity. Okay, connected to the, the oldness. Say that again. We're connected to the Trinity, and it gives us the uh, the boldness to 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 be led wherever the, the Spirit sends us. Okay, connected to the Trinity, connected to God Himself, and uh, we'll trust Him to lead us. What else? The, the scripture the scriptures say, if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay. So we know that when we're walking or being led by the Spirit, uh, that we will not fulfill uh, the desires of the flesh. What else? I think we should uh, consider it to be prayerful. We've been prayerful and waited on an answer from God, and that's the Spirit leading us in the right direction. Okay, so part of being led by the Spirit is... <laughs> I won't say sometimes doing nothing because waiting is not nothing, um, but really just as a uh, psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. So waiting on God. So it's an act of being trusting God. So sometimes it yeah. is uh, being still and waiting on God. Anything else? I, I yeah. like to, and if, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, I like to call it actively waiting. Okay. Active waiting. Um, it's kind of like when we go to uh, an appointment, um, most of our appointments now are telehealth. Um, but when we were going to the doctor's office, we, we usually went with something in hand or we picked up a magazine to read. We were act actively engaged in the waiting process. So mm -hmm. we are, while we're waiting, we're also filling our minds and, and wanting to be in tune with something, but especially with waiting on God, um, we may not have the answer, specific answer, but while we're waiting, we're uh, trusting God, uh, staying in a position uh, through the word of God so that we're ready to move out when he reveals whatever that ans answer or direction. What else? We're empowered when we're in the spirit of God. So we're when we are being led by the spirit, we know that we are uh, led by, the, we have the power of God at work within us. These are all good. And that's really what I really wanna stop there is that during this Lent season to realize that 
the spirit of God is at work within us. Um, we are not per perfect, but we are being perfected as we are being led by the spirit of God. And one of the scriptures I mentioned already is that he will lead us and guide us into all truth. Mm -hmm. So what we will not go into error or ain't do anything that is against the word of God based on feelings, emotions, traditions, or any other of those things. We're going to follow the word of God as he leads us into his truth, not what our tradition is, not what we feel, but trusting and relying on the Holy Spirit. It's also yielding ourselves and being willing to be led. Um, and finally, uh, it's a call to discipleship of learning more and more about him. So those are some of the things where um, Jesus you know, really shows us that to trust in the Lord as he leads him into the wilderness and that into the wilderness, he was led to be tempted or tried by Satan. So while he's in that 40 day period, he said he fasted for 40 days and afterward he was what? Hungry. Um, so, I mean, that you may think that that's a small detail, but it's really not. Uh, because not only was he fully God, but he's fully man. So the fact that he was hungry, it's, it talks about his humanity. So when we said, we, when the Bible talks about in Hebrews, that we have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmity, because in all points he was tempted like we are. We can go back to this period in Jesus' life where we see that he went through, and even in his uh, humanity, he was still able, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but uh, able to have victory over the enemy because he trusted in the Lord. So the second thing we note is that we, during this Lenten season, as a reminder, that we are in a battle. Can I get an amen? Amen. This, we are engaged in spiritual warfare. And so let's look at that for just a moment. We, Those of you who were in our study uh, previously in Ephesians, we went in, a, uh, in a greater detail of this in Ephesians chapter 6. So I won't repeat much of it, but I think it's still important during this season to realize that we are in a battle and we have to really trust in the Lord as he's led to realize a few things. One, what does, what does Satan do from the very beginning is he is the enemy of our soul. He knew that Jesus was hungry. So what does he do? He attacks the vulnerability. Yeah, low-hanging fruit. There we go. Low-hanging fruit. Um, Peter, 1 Peter 5, talks about, reminds us to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So during this Lenten period, this season, we have to be on our guard and realize that we are in 
uh, spiritual warfare. And we have to trust the leading of the spirit of God to be aware of the enemy's attack and his devices. And so part of being sober is being on guard. And whenever we're living in a, uh, an attitude of repentance and spirit led, we become more sensitive to the leading of the spirit and we can discern better uh, when the enemy comes to attack because we're so much more in tune or someone has stated that we are connected uh, with the Trinity, we are connected with God. And so we can tell um, when the enemy comes because we are reminded in John chapter 10 that the enemy comes to do what? Does anybody know? Kill, what is the enemy? Say that again. Kill, destroy. Kills. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's yeah. it. That's what he's come to do. Um, so he is, I'll say it, he is not your friend. No. <laughs> He is not your friend. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we can go over each of those, but one, he wants to steal your joy. You know, we're going through some things during this pandemic. Many people have lost loved ones. And so there's a lot of pain and stress. There's political upheaval. And in all this, we could lose sight of the fact that we are in the hand of God and the enemy will want to steal our joy to get us uh, focused away from our King of Kings and, and our Lord of Lords. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he can do that in several ways. And we have to be aware of this, uh, especially when it comes to the body of Christ. And, and I want to focus that is because once he have you ever have you ever opened up a package, a loaf of bread that's been sitting on the shelf for a while? What happens? It gets moldy. Molded. Yeah, and usually it'll just start in one area and then it spreads. And sometimes if you're not aware, <clears throat> I have a confession to make, you reach into that bag and you pull out the bread. It smells a little funny, but you're not really looking really closely. And then you'll eat that bread. Mm, it tastes a little funny, right? I'm, I'm not the only one who has eaten moldy bread. But why? Because I was vulnerable. I was hungry, hungry and not being aware. And so it, it was just a little spot. But you can tell the difference, right? You can tell the difference when it's moldy bread. So Amen. what am I trying to get at? That he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he may do it subtly. If you're not aware, again, being sober, being vigilant, I should have known it, it didn't smell right, it didn't taste right, but I was hungry and I ate it. I didn't do me any harm, so what's the harm? <laughs> it's not penicillin. So what I'm getting at is we have to be aware and aware of his devices that he may 
sneak in there and it, because it says he comes to steal, kill and destroy. Um, also that he, he wants to um, be, again, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. And so we have to stay connected uh, through the power of the spirit. And, and as a reminder from, so that nobody goes away in fear in terms of this period of being led by the spirit, I'm going through challenges. I know that the, the devil is, is, as we like to say, the devil is, is busy, but so is God. And as John says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So during this Lenten period, we are led, being led by the spirit of God. We have more awareness of um, the, the enemy's devices, um, but also <clears throat> what else do, do we see in this particular passage? We'll get to some of the particular temptations in just a moment. Well, we only have a few minute, moments left, but I wanna just go ahead and jump right into it. At each temptation, what does Jesus do? How does he combat the enemy? The word of God or scripture. The word of God. So I want to give a, a plug again. Thank you so much for being part of this particular Bible study. Um, and many of you are part of other Bible studies or you're watching uh, Christian uh, videos uh, online. Uh, there is Sunday school opportunities from children all the way through adults. Uh, we've been having uh, a great time. I know in the adult class that we attend. So those are opportunities, but that's not the only ones that are there. Um, has anybody ever heard of our daily bread? Yes. Okay. So those, those devotionals, whatever they are for you, those printed devotionals are an opportunity to feast on the word of God. Um, has anybody heard of YouVersion app, the YouVersion app? Can I see a thumbs up mm -hmm. from anybody? Okay. So I want to give a plug for YouVersion app. I know that's what... Uh, Sister Debbie and I use uh, for our personal uh, devotion as well as uh, our devotion together. Um, it has a, a host of uh, devotionals and studies that you can partake in um, and it's right accessible on your phone. So no matter where you go, you can use that app to tune in to a devotional, the word of God, and begin hiding that word in your heart. I already mentioned Christian Brock. If you go to YouTube, there are, we can go to our own channel, Christian Faith Baptist Church, but there are a variety of, of Bible teaching uh, videos or broadcasts that you can listen to. I know that some people listen to Tony Evans, Charles Stanley, and that, that's two out of many that are, are available. So whatever you can do to feed your spirit and to have the word of God hidden in your heart so that when the tempter comes, you'll have uh, the tools or the resources available to be uh, an overcomer. 
The psalmist says it like this, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So uh, take the opportunity to hide God's word in your heart, because once you do that, as we can see in um, this particular uh, scripture from Luke 4, then we, have, we are living victoriously during the season of Lent. So let me just get ready to, to close. First thing he does, the tempter, command these stone to become bread. How does he answer that? With, yes, the word of God. So I just pray that first. And, and what, what does he attack there? He attacks the lust of the flesh because Jesus was hungry. And so when we have the word of God, we will face lust of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we can be victorious is to submit that lust, covetousness, greed, no matter what it is, put that under the word of God so that we can have the tools to be victorious. Not only that, he says, hey, all this has been given to me. And I will give it to you if you will, oh, just take a look, if you will only worship me. That thirst for power and authority and the, the lust of the eyes. Let me just put it like this. Oh, be careful, little eyes. So whenever we get our eyes focused off the Lord, um, and again, that's what Lent is all about, is to refocus on the Lord. The lust of the eyes, our desires need to be held in check. Uh, but there he says, you are to only worship the Lord. Again, he uses the word. And finally, uh, it takes him to the highest pinnacle of the temple. Throw yourself down. Oh, this, is, this is a tricky one because the tempter does what? He throws a little scripture in there as well. Won't he give his angels charge over you so you will not uh, dash your foot against a stone? Um, so just show how great you are. And so the, to resist the temptation for pride and self-aggrandizement, all those things, he still answers the word of God. You you got it twisted, Satan. That you that's, You're not telling the whole story. So and going to the word of God, we have to rightly divide the word of truth. Mm -hmm. Study to show yourself approved of God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word, the word of truth. Mm -hmm. That's the key to victorious living by hiding God's word in our heart. And then when, with each temptation, a lust of the flesh, lust of the, lust of the eyes, pride of life, no matter what it is, and to, as we rightly divide the, the word of God, we can live victoriously. Um, but the last thing is that we notice that we walk in humility because uh, Jesus Amen. did not try to promote himself, but rather submitted himself to the Lord. And I want to close with this because I know I'm kind of getting right at the end of time. In Luke's passage anyway, it says, and the devil left him until an opportune time. Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. He left him until 
an opportune time. So he wasn't going to leave Jesus alone. And, and if the devil's not going to leave Jesus alone, he's not going to leave us alone. Amen. So we always Amen. have to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. But we have to walk in humility. Yes, Satan is busy, but aren't we serve an awesome God and we can live victoriously in him as we refocus our attention on the Lord during this season of Lent, hiding God's word in our heart, being led by the spirit and walking in victory. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. I know I did uh, not more talking and not a lot of dialogue tonight, but I wanted to make sure that started as a baseline uh, for our study for this Lenten season. Next week, uh, we will go into the other discipline. As I mentioned, prayer is one of the disciplines, but I'm just going to refer you to the YouTube videos on prayer that uh, um, Dr. Ballard has been preaching. So we'll go into the next um, part of uh, the discipline, and that is the discipline of fasting. And the scripture that we'll start off with is from Matthew chapter 6. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. That's from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, 16 through 18. And, and another scripture, an Old Testament scripture, is Isaiah chapter 58. The Isaiah 58 chapter is kind of a, an all-inclusive um, and you'll, you'll uh, see once you read it, but those are the two scriptures which we'll start from on next week. So next week, we'll talk about fasting, and then the following week, the other discipline that we'll cover is almsgiving, and that will be also in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. So that'll give you the, the direction for the next couple of weeks, uh, Matthew 6, 16 through 18, the following week, Matthew six one through four amen and amen, amen. <clears throat> well, god bless everyone so glad to have uh, so many of you join and uh, those who joined from other parts of the country <laughs> we welcome you um, family that is so we're so glad to have you on board um, so we give praise and honor to god let's go ahead and get ready to close in prayer and so um are there any prayer requests that we want to lift up tonight as we lift up the body of christ or any particular personal or family or other needs that we want to bring before the lord i want to lift up uh vicky brandon uh, dr denham uh, and Chris Hinton, uh, Chris Hinton, uh, of course, Dr. Ballard and his wife, and Christian Bay Baptist Church. Uh, the family of Gloria Watson. Yeah, I'd ask uh, that you um, pray for the family, uh, the Austin family, um, and also uh, folks in Texas. You know, they, they're, they're needing a bunch of prayer right about now. Mm -hmm. Amen.
Anyone else? Okay, well, I'll go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this night that we can study your word. We, we walk in victory uh, as we are being led by the spirit. We trust you because you do not change. You are awesome. Um, and and because, we, because we can trust in you, Lord, we know that we will come out victorious. Lord, help us, Lord, to hide your word in our heart. We need your word. Uh, you've given it to us, and there's so many opportunities for us to grow together. So, God, we thank you, Lord, uh, that we, we have what we need uh, to be victorious believers in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we can lift and bear one another's burdens. Um, the names that have been mentioned, those that are, uh, are sick, um, in need of healing, uh, those who are going through the healing process and as they're going through, uh, maybe doing it by themselves because of uh, separation due to the pandemic. Lord, be their comfort, be their healer. Um, let them reassure them that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Father, we pray for the various family names that have been mentioned in particular, um, Austin family, uh, the family of, uh, of Gloria Watson, um, families in Texas, whether we know them or not, Lord, we see in the news what's going on due to weather, but Lord, we just trust that you will be with them and keep them safe not only there, but in various parts of the country where many people are, are going through. And it, it also reminds us, Lord, our calling because there are many that don't have shelter, that don't have food, uh, that don't have a safe place to go. Lord, um, stir us up that we will be responsive to you and to their needs because you love them so much. Father, be with us as a body of Christ that we will continue to stand firm in the faith, united in heart, and giving you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Be blessed. Good night. Good night, Denzel. Be blessed. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> okay.